1: Hello everybody and welcome back to The Rewatch Project with Hannah and Mike. I am Mike and with me as always is Hannah. How are you, Hannah?
0: I'm well, thank you. We're on opposite sides of the microphone today.
1: We are, it's crazy, isn't it? Very weird. Maybe we'll have opposite opinions. Maybe. Maybe opposite week yes doo, 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 i know, doo, doo, I know. Doo, doo, doo. we are we should point out we're in the middle of a birthday weekend for one of our children yes. so if we sound a bit sluggish it's not alcohol well it's not just alcohol um <laughs> it is uh yeah it's uh it's one of those
0: i don't know why you'd particularly feel sluggish at this point but uh
1: yeah let's not get into that shall we Anna? Um, sorry <laughs> our, one second
0: our son has just turned five So we have a nearly seven-year-old and a newly five-year-old. Yeah, so
1: we're right in there now, aren't we, right in the trenches? We are. As I was saying, welcome everybody. Just do a quick little bit of housekeeping because uh, although it's not been that long since we posted an episode, uh, although it's I been suppose
0: bloody that, ages sp- since we recorded one.
1: Yeah, although, although I suppose that depends on when this episode gets posted. But it gets mm. posted. But, um, but yeah, you're quite right. Yeah, it's been a while since we've actually recorded one. Mm. Uh, but this is episode twenty eight of the Rewatch Project. Um, and um, Hannah, tell us, um, tell our listeners which episode of Agents of Shield we are covering this evening.
0: So we are covering Season 2, Episode 8, The Things We Bury. Uh, Synopsis says, Coulson and team find themselves in an epic face-off against Hydra to to uncover an ancient secret while Ward kidnaps his brother, Senator Christian Ward, for a violent trip down memory lane.
1: They're the worst kind of trips down memory lane, I find.
0: It is directed by Milan Shaloff and written by DJ Doyle.
1: Uh, So two regulars. Yep
0: um i'm looking forward to this i can't remember a lot about it but um i know it features our lovely peggy carter
1: oh yes a bit of a flashback um, and,
0: and sort of a flashback scenario so it's going to be it's going to be great. She's she's, she's amazing yeah. in everything that I have seen her in. Yeah,
1: and you know that that means it'll be, you know, steeped in um, MCU... Uh,
0: Connection and yeah. arc and storyline and of. all that kind of yeah. stuff. Um, just yeah. a quick reminder to people
1: that you can connect with us on Twitter via at rewatchproj. That's rewatch, P-R-O-J. Also, I didn't know this until I listened to another podcast that has just... Because, you know... Um, Gentleman's Guide to midnight cinema have just moved over their podcast over to anchor oh have they yeah and they were they didn't know why they 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 used to have one of those um remember on cheer stroke of versus bones we had a phone line where you could phone and it would record an mp3 um yes well, i do okay well um 208 339
0: 7698
1: wow yes um And I think Paul finally Um, memorised it after several years of using it. Just before it changed. Before it changed, yeah. yeah. (laughs) Um, Well, um, Gentleman's Guide to Midnight Cinema, GGTMC, one of our sort of friends' podcasts, they were using that as well. And they moved their podcast over to Anchor for a number of reasons. But one of it was his free service. And they realised that they suddenly had a huge drop-off. Um, they were telling people that just hit the plus, just like we 've been doing mm. you know, so if you go onto our page you 'll see a little plus, and it'll say leave us a message and they had a huge drop off in feedback, and they were like, "What the hell what they didn 't realize or what i didn 't realize until they realized it and then told me and then I realized it um was that you have to be registered at anchor f m to leave right one okay, apparently it takes about four seconds to do it, but you do have to register your um a username and your email address with anchor fm to be able to do that. Now you don't get spammed or anything like that. You can tick like in any of these. But things. surely
0: it, it asks you to do that before you can leave a message.
1: Yeah but the problem there is that if people don't know that they're going in, they're hitting plus and then this thing comes up saying do you have an account? Because when it says do you have an account, that makes it sound like you need to have a podcast. Oh right. You know like do you want to register but you don't you can literally register for the site and do nothing so really what I suppose the the long and short of it is if you want to leave us a voicemail do that or as Hannah said before um just record a, a voice memo on your phone and just email it to us as an attachment uh, or just do a tappy righty standard look email. I'll take
0: anything feedback yep. of any variety just don't tell me I'm crap <laughs>
1: um um yeah <laughs> That's not the kind of. Well, but at least offer helpful advice. It, it, if yeah, going if to you're do.
0: going to tell me I'm crap, be constructive. Yeah,
1: yeah. <laughs> um, but you can do any of those things at rewatchprojectpodcast at gmail.com. And also, I do want to remind you that we are part of Pod Syndicate, uh, which is a podcast and blog and just general pop culture content creation platform Mm -hmm. and i am really trying to procrastinate whilst i go to that site so i can actually get the reminders right but the problem is it's trying to get every time i do it it's trying to get me to log in as an admin and it's like no i just want to look at the website like a civilian oh okay here we go so yes so i just want to remind people that over at pod syndicate uh you can find uh, so, yeah, so you can find the bonus shows over there. You can find Chin Stroker vs. Uh, Punter, Entertainment Landfill, Film Bastards, his film, her movie, The Own Sequel, uh, The Rewatch Project, Don't You Know, Beyond the Neon, and Adventures in VHS. So, go over there and check it out. And also check out the Pod Syndicate YouTube channel as well. So, uh, so yeah, I think we haven't had any feedback since we last recorded. So, um, now would be a good time to do it. It always seems to be feast for family feed in that department. Feedback,
0: feedback.
1: Yeah, exactly. So, do that. Do that thing. Uh, but, uh, but I think for now. What we will do is we will play a couple of promos to some of those aforementioned podcasts. And then when we return, we will have watched this episode of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Could you remind us of the title again, please, it?
0: It is called The Things We Bury.
1: And which episode number is it again?
0: Episode 8. It was aired on the 18th of November, 2014. Wow, gosh. Um, so Sorry, what date was that again?
1: 18th of November. Wow, so we had just moved to New Zealand when this episode aired.
0: Uh, yeah, we've been here about a month yeah. and a half.
1: Yeah. So, uh, cool. Okay, well, that is all of the housekeeping out of the way. Uh, let's watch an episode of Agents of Shields. Bring we? it
0: on. Interrupt this podcast to bring you a yeah. special This podcast you're listening to, pretty good, isn't it? Only problem is, it's about halfway through. Pretty
1: soon, it'll be over. And then what are you going to do? Well, if you're a fan of this show, why not head over to WeArePodSyndicate.com and subscribe to our brand new feed, Pod Syndicate: The Bonus Shows. Every week, your hosts from Beyond the Neon, Chinstroker vs. Punter, Entertainment Landfill, Film Bastards, His Film, Her Movie, and What's On Tap will be dropping bonus shows right onto that feed. These shows might be collaborations and crossovers, or they might be archive episodes, interviews, one-offs, and other treats from across the Pod Syndicate network. So, prepare yourself for the inevitable disappointment of this Pod Syndicate show
0: ending by heading to wearepodsyndicate.com and clicking on the bonus shows. We now return you to your regularly scheduled Pod Syndicate podcast.
1: And welcome back. So, we have just watched episode eight of season two of Marvel's Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., uh, namely The Things We Bury. Um, Hannah, initial thoughts?
0: Bloody great episode. Um, so watchable to the point that I made two notes. Um, really, just enjoyed sitting there, getting immersed in the story. And because we haven't recorded in quite a long time, like it's probably it's over a month, isn't it, since we recorded?
1: It's been about three weeks. No,
0: it's more than that. Okay. Um, I remember I, it differently. I feel like. Uh, it was just sort of lovely to be back in the world and I just wanted to take it all in. I didn't really want to get too caught up in uh, getting analytical on it. I just wanted to to be a part of it, be present in it. Yeah. Um, And it was a great episode for that because there was, um, I think there was a good balance between standalone stuff and ARC. Um, and the character, like, I mean, I'd love a bit more Ming-Na in every episode. Um, but yeah, I just, I really enjoyed it. What about you?
1: I agree. It's funny when you were saying about how, uh, you know, not recording for a while and just enjoying kind of being back in the world. One of the things that's really just never dawned on me at all about Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. when it was on. But that's really um, sort of clear to me on rewatching it is how much um, the, the the pleasure points in the brain it presses are exactly the same pressure points for Star Trek
0: yeah. pushes, yeah,
1: um, and you know they're they're different shows, you know. I mean, I'd say that I mean Star Trek now is much more serialized, but the Star Trek that you and I, you know, I, I think really kind of like the most that kind of. Um, Late eighties,
0: DS nine, yeah, sort of.
1: Nineteen eighty seven through to about two thousand and five, that mm. kind of it, that sort of eighteen years. Mm. Um, I think that I've said before that a big part of that enjoyment is just that you're well versed in the universe in the way that you know people are with uh, you know J.K. Rowling or yeah. Tolkien, yeah, um and you know the characters and you know the world uh, and you like the characters. So it's kind of just like a sandpit. Mm. Um, And I think that, you know, we we said the other week about how the dynamic of the group in Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., you know, the Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. themselves, is very Star Trekian in a lot of ways. Yeah, Um, The way that you've got that almost workplace drama element, but also the family element and the, um, you know, the... The captain sort of figure mm. and all that kind of stuff yeah. so I agree but but no, I think this was a great episode and I think I don't like to think of things in terms of best or you know like how I rank it against all the other ones but I think that this is kind of the show at its best in the sense that what it's doing is it's, it's weaving together a lot of storylines which I think in less capable hands um, would feel messy
0: yeah I think, um, <clears throat> probably from from about now, right through to the end of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., what you'll come to realise, and it's something I can only think about on reflection, is, like, in the first season, you could say, oh, this was a 9 out of 10 episode, this was a 7 out of 10 episode, this was a whatever, um... I think from here because the episode because they they weave the story so well in the seasons and they like you'll see very much so in the next season there are multiple storylines that interweave and start and finish mid-season and other things start and you know there's there's lots of different things going on. You can't judge one episode as, like, you just can't judge it's just one a show, episode as isn't one it? episode. It's like <clears throat> you have to say, oh, well, season three was a 9 out of 10 or season yeah. four was a 8 out of 10 yeah. or whatever it is, because the episodes are so interlinked that um, there, is, there is not really a standalone. You can't. Look at it like a standalone yeah. anymore. Um, I, I feel like I'm being very convoluted. Um, I, don't,
1: I don't think you are. But all.
0: I think it, it's unusual for a TV series to be like that. Well, it's unusual for a network TV series to be like but that. But, like, you think about things like um, Breaking Bad, which is very arc driven and there's, there's a, a theme, and
1: they've got know, very short seasons, yeah. though.
0: Yes, but you think about the last season of Breaking Bad. Everyone regards Ozymandias as like the pinnacle episode mm. of that show. Um I don't think you can do that with this show. No. I mean I think
1: there are standout episodes. I think and also there are there are episodes
0: There are standout performances and like you know, like actors giving it. No,
1: I hadn't finished my thought though. Sorry. What I was saying was, there are standout episodes, but they're not standout episodes because of their quality. They're standout episodes because they are format breaking episodes. Mm. So mm. they're episodes that do something different in the same way that, like, if you think of like the history of great format breaking episodes, like um, once more with feeling, or yeah. um, far beyond the stars on deep Space Nine. Uh,
0: the mother. <laughs> Yeah, ah. so you know,
1: they are episodes that are very memorable mm. um, uh, due to their difference. But I agree. I mean, the thing—I mean, uh, the thing about Agents of Shield that impresses me, uh, continues to impress me, is how they don't get themselves tangled in knots. No. Like if you look at the, the sort of the 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 J J Abrams type shows, like Lost and things like that, it feels like sometimes they're they're blagging it. And,
0: and they paint themselves
1: into a corner. And then they just drop shit and move yeah. on to some... Like, those like, yeah. entire storylines just get brushed under the carpet. Mm. Whereas in this show... And I don't think they had everything planned out. There's no way they could have. But I just think that they are... Well, no show does. I mean, no, well, no. I mean, can't. we don't know how long the show's going to run for. Yeah. But what I'm saying is is that I, I think that the the creators of this show were throwing the tracks in front of the train as much as the people who made Lost were, I just think that they're better at it.
0: Mm. Yeah, I agree.
1: And I think one of the things that helps is that they've got a sense of, the show's got a sense of humour. I think that that um, helps you, it it forgives a multitude of sins. Yeah, I think that if if you're a show that takes yourself, that is very dramatically arch, then... Mm. You better fucking mind your p's and q's. Whereas I think that if there's if there's a there's a, there's somewhat of a sense of irreverence in Agents of Shield, which means it doesn't. If they do get themselves a bit tangled plot wise, they can kind of a great example of this actually is in Buffy. Spoiler for Buffy the Vampire Slayer. This is a real Whedon-esque thing. Is in season five of Buffy, um, Buffy suddenly has a sister. She appears from out of nowhere, yeah. and the whole storyline is that she's... That
0: really that, threw me. That,
1: that, that, she's, that she's the key. That, mm. That's her role, and that she has to die. And at the end of the season, Buffy's like, no, you don't have to die. We're made of the same stuff. You were made from me, from my blood. I can die. Mm. And she jumps, and it's dramatic and everything. And then I remember thinking, but how does that work? Mm. How does Buffy know? And then there's a line in the next season where Dawn's like, yeah, and then... um Buffy died for me because we've got the same blood or something, and Xander's like, "Yeah, I never, I never understood that either." <laughs> like well, the show itself, kind of just like, <coughs> calls itself out. I love that. And I think that the Agents of Shield exists very much in that paradigm.
0: Mm.
1: So um, I think you, you can let it off when it does do that, which yeah. he, so far it hasn't. In fairness, no. you know,
0: it's it's interesting when you say that you put it in the same sort of wheelhouses Star Trek for you and I um, in terms of comfort viewing and I completely agree um, Star Trek for me came at a point where I was quite depressed yeah. and um, had a lot going on personally and it was a, a balm for the soul and um, she Why? Had...
1: Just explore that a little bit I'm curious what... um,
0: It was just <sighs> I guess it was. Um, Cause I've heard a lot of
1: people say this during lockdown.
0: Even if someone was, it wasn't a lockdown thing for me. But no, I um, know, I know, it was. But way even breezy. even if um, someone was a bad guy, um, they had good within them. There was a, there was redemption. There was. Reasoning, there was so it was
1: optimistic
0: catharsis, there, like there was, it wasn't the end of the road for them, and they nev- no one got written off being a bad guy, yeah. Like really. com-
1: Conflict often was solved through seeking understanding, understanding. Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah.
1: yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, it was like the, I mean, one of the things, like, I mean, it, it, it reminded me of that. Um, th- when we talk about this, one thing that one memory that gets triggered is that documentary. Uh, the Artist and the Thief that we watched. Yeah. The way that... The, and this is a documentary about a woman whose art is stolen, this sort of mm-hmm. fledgling artist, and her...
0: Great in th- documentary. Watch it if you get a chance. Yeah, uh, but but the thing about that is... And this
1: is a very uh, Roddenberry-esque kind of view, if you want to get all kind of hippyish about it, is her initial reaction wasn't condemnation or judgment. It was curiosity. Mm. And I think that one of the things that appeals to me about Star Trek um from a philosophical perspective is the idea of curiosity being the the modus operandi to live mm. by. The well why is, why are they doing that? i you know, I
0: just think for me it's the fact like what I loved is the fact that nobody wrote anybody off. And um I mean, there was always like the super bad guys that they tried to Oh, there's still like
1: Borgs to whose asses they get to
0: kick. Yeah. You know,
1: like. It's still an
0: American show. I mean. The bit of the, you know, shithole admiral, they kind of like, you know, sorted him out. Um, But it just, I felt like there was redemption and um, hope. In in seasons and storylines, and to bring it back to Shield, I feel like there is that in Shield. I too. think you know the
1: similarity with Shield as well.
0: I mean, you think about this episode and, like specifically, um, you have Mac kind of sowing seeds of doubt about Coulson when he's talking to Hunter, yeah. saying, "Oh God, you didn't see him when he was going bananas mm. and he was really violent and." Do you think he's okay and da 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 and all this kind of stuff, and then it sort of cuts to trust the process, trust the process. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, dude, I've I've been given a blue button. But it's know. good, I
1: think. But the show is right to give those thoughts and conversations to the characters who are new for the team. Yeah. So sorry, it wasn't Hunter. It was. Um, it was oh, Mac. What's Mac and Hunter?
0: No, it was Mac and who's who's the other trip. Trip.
1: Yeah, um, but it was new characters, that's yeah. the thing. But I think the other similarity as well is the, and I, I suppose in some ways this goes back to um, World War Two movies, because World War Two movies really were probably the first um, team films. Yeah. And you've got the idea of how um, do, do, being good at your job, Mm. And uh, it's the, I mean, I I, I, I I seem to quote this every week, but I feel like it's really relevant to the show. <laughs> the the whole, uh, Seth MacFarlane view of Star Trek: The Next Generation, where he talks about how one of the great pleasures of Star Trek: The Next Generation is exactly the same pleasure that people get from watching um, the West Wing mm. and documentaries about like people fixing cars and things. Is there's a pleasure in watching really capable people working through problems? Yeah. Um, There's something kind of just pleasing in the same way as there is of of watching like dominoes or something. It's like again, it's it's a pleasure points on the brain kind of thing. Mm. And the idea being that it doesn't matter who what your history is, it just matters what you bring to the team, what skill you bring, or what um, personal quality Mm. you bring, and how you know somebody like if you look at season one, somebody like Fitz can. Um, be treated with the same level of respect as somebody as Ward, mm. and the show actually, as we move into season two, shows you that actually, uh, Fitz has more value than Ward. Yeah, you know, on the on the surface, you've got this guy who's like a Navy Seal and he's like hyper capable, but ultimately, he uh, doesn't have the emotional.
0: Well, um, he's all surface with a lot of fucking baggage.
1: Yeah, whereas like if somebody like Fitz, he may seem uh, like you know. Uh, a cute little mole, <laughs> you know, um, actually he's has it actually where he can. He's super you know.
0: smart, ready to get down to it. He might have his hang-ups yeah. about things, but, like, <laughs> and, and the fact that um, when he's, like, doing the whole testing, you know, uh, Coulson says he has to get it under six minutes, and when Coulson says, how did you go? And he said seven minutes, 23, or whatever the hell it was. And he went, oh, that's not good enough. And he said, yeah, but that's with my bad hand. With yeah, that yeah, one, will yeah. be fine. And it's just like, yes, that sums up his character. Yeah, The fact that he practiced with his bad hand, like... I'm so it'd to, be a
1: conservative estimate. I'm going real. to
0: practice with my worst yeah. to find out and, and I think the that, absolute worst I'm going to do. And I
1: think the way that that connects to this whole sort of like pleasure points thing... As well is that what we're talking about here, and this is what we all wish we had. But the world isn't always like this, and it's pleasurable to see it in things like The West Wing and Star Trek and mm. Agents of Shield. Is the idea of a true meritocracy, yeah. where it really is just about how good a person you are and how good you are at the thing? Because life isn't always like that. Sometimes you know, in the office or the the school or wherever your life is, sometimes. Shit floats to the, to the top, mm. and when you go to entertainment or to stories for uh, sustenance, what you want is the ideal, yeah. you know. And you watch The West Wing, and everybody's smart and liberal and mm. and kind because that's what you want your leaders to be, <laughs> you know. And yeah. it's not always. The case. I mean, there's a reason why um, The West Wing was the most streamed program in America twelve months ago because. It was wish fulfillment, you
0: know. The it wasn't an episode. It was the exact opposite yeah. of what
1: was actually happening. Um, but yeah, just, just before we get into the, um, I guess, the play-by-play plot breakdown, um, I guess my, my my general thoughts on this episode were that if you look at what this show does well, which is um, balancing myriad plots that are unconnected and often long running and making mm-hmm. them connect. Yeah. Um presenting a fun kind of team on a mission um scenario and also doing a kind of um you know post Joss Whedon uh JP um tech sci-fi adventure show. I think that this episode does all three of those things very well.
0: Absolutely, you know, and yeah. a
1: lot of the episodes only do one of those things, uh, and that's enough. So I think that that says a lot. But should we should we get into the um, yeah into the into, the into the play by play as I said? You're on. the one with
0: the notes, so right. go for gold.
1: All righty then. Um, so we open up in Austria in 1945, and we see Whitehall. Um, Uh, in full hydra mode i think it's interesting the whole thing of hydra as well because one of the reasons i i suspect i don't know this for a reason but one of the reasons why i think hydra existed in the comics is it almost feels like nazis are just a bit too close to fucking home you know it's like you know nazis understandably are often used in pop culture um As the villains, you know, in you know everything from the original, the original Captain America comic books in the forties, Indiana Jones, you know, you name it. Mm. Um, But I just think that it's um, that, but they were also, um, you know, involved in uh, a a real world genocide, and that's kind of a bummer, Mm. you know. So I feel that the 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 Marvel Cinematic Universe uh, was. Probably quite relieved that you've got this slight buffer. The feeling I get though is that is that Hydra don't give a fuck about the Nazis. That they, they don't attach themselves to their belief, like the whole uh, the whole Aryan superiority thing and mind comfort. And all that.
0: They stuff. don't care. They
1: don't care. It's no. just that their Nazis are the thing. But the, so th- so they can and attach themselves to that. Maybe that's what
0: makes them worse. Is they have no ideal. I think there's something else.
1: I mean, if they were around at the time of British colonialism, Mm. they would have attached themselves to that. Or if they had been around at the time of the of the uh, of the Vikings, Mm. they would have they would just attached themselves to whatever the the most aggressive. Do
0: you think they are just about um, superiority rather than? Anything attributed to race or religion. Oh no, they're just, they're,
1: they're just about power. They're about power and control. So, yeah. well, what they want is to be in charge. Mm. Um, and I think that what they figure is, okay, well, these these Nazi people are making a play. Uh, they're interested in technology. That was another mm. big thing about Nazism, and that's one of the reasons why, obviously, you know, the space program and all these things came out of the um, the the German um, and. Um, Missile mm. experiments, you know, Werner von Braun, all those sort of people. So I think that they just, the impression I get is that Hydro just, they were coming up at a certain time, they saw which way the wind was blowing, and they mm. were like, okay, well, we'll go in with these guys. They're the ones who have got all the power, they're the ones who seem to have uh, technological aspirations as far mm. as this sort of stuff goes. So we can abuse that and sort of like make the most of it. And so, so I mean, when we open up, we were back in Austria, which obviously, sort of geographically, was a, uh, you know, a powder keg um Mm. uh, of a place in the mid 40s yeah um and um what this also affords the show is the opportunity to do a little bit of cross promotion with agent carter which was starting its first season on the same network around this time as well so what
0: what time did agent carter start
1: what time uh sorry what like when um this this year i assume
0: yeah but what month i don't know um I just want to have a look.
1: Yeah, so we see um Whitehall in his full sort of Nazi Hydra. Um, basically what they're doing is they're testing the obelisk on uh, various um, unwilling participants. So um,
0: the first episode of the first season of se- uh, first episode of season 1 um didn't air until 11th February 2015. Yep. So, apart from Captain America, well, when was this? It was the year before, November two thousand and fourteen.
1: Okay, so they would have just gone into production on Agent Carter at this time, then. Yeah. So. Yeah.
0: But the audience hadn't seen any Agent Carter. No, but this is
1: priming them for it. This is reminding yeah, them of exactly. the characters. Exactly.
0: What I'm saying. Yeah, like all, the all they'd seen is her in Captain America. Yeah.
1: And that Marvel one shot. But that's probably if, if they'd seen it.
0: Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. So. If you take the majority public, they've seen her in Captain America. Yeah. That's yeah. it.
1: And she'd been in the first episode of this season of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. as well, very briefly in that pre-credits uh, yeah. bit as well. But, yeah, so so we see that HYDRA are testing the obelisk on people. Um, we see um, Deacon Lackman, the actress, um, from um, Joss Whedon's prior show, Dollhouse, uh, pop-up. Uh, Dollhouse, which also featured another actor who will... Uh, appear prominently in later seasons of um Marvel's Agents of Shield, but I won't say who that is because that would not really be a spoiler, but I'm gonna play it safe anyway. Um, we cut back to the modern day of uh Whitehall having a conversation dash questioning um Carl McLaughlin's uh, character who's Skye's uh, Sky's dad it, this is where we see karma re reclarify that only a very small minded person would view the obelisk as a weapon that it actually has mm-hmm. some greater significance greater yeah yeah mm-hmm. some greater purpose yeah um and he talks about how some are worthy and some are and this is a word we've heard used a lot in the show before divined or diviners which basically means that they're able to um, we're not sure at this point, but he sounds like either to use it or wield it, or at least uh, withstand it in some be worthy kind of way. Of it. Yeah, mm. be worthy of it. Uh, and he mentions how they can basically take it to a special place, and it will do something cool. Mm. Um, we, well, um, they're
0: talking about the city.
1: Yes, the, absolutely. Um, how good is Karma McLaughlin? I mean, really, he's mm. just so fucking good. He's pretty good. Um, we see Bobby um, question um, Bashki, and. Um, We see Mac and uh, Hunter talking about Coulson. This is the conversation that you referred to earlier on Mm -hmm. uh, about how they're feeling a little bit um, sort of, like, suspicious. Uh, I like the fact that um, when Bobby is talking to Bashki, she's kind of almost, like, appealing to his ego. You know, she's doing the whole kind of, like, well, you know, you don't need him. Mm -hmm. Why would you want to have to, you know... uh, Kiss his ass, basically. I'm quite glad that they clarified in this because I know I asked about this in a previous episode that they are in the old SSR base. Yeah, that we uh, that is used in agent cards. I assume it's the same shooting location, and that was like you know a budgetary thing.
0: I would say so because set wise, it looks very similar. Identical, yeah. Mm-hmm.
1: The, in a sort of. I suppose a bit of a slipper. Uh, Bashki makes it sound like Whitehall, new Red Skull. Um, We see Ward, Grant Ward, grab his brother, um, which was kind of foreshadowed, I guess, in the last episode that that was going to be his plan.
0: And I like the fact that they preempt that with him giving the excuse to his wife that he's working and can't come home and then have the conversation with the mistress. Like, they're setting him up for his he lies yeah he double crosses yeah so don't believe what he says yeah they do it without saying that yeah yeah basically.
1: it's a bit of sort of film grammar shorthand mm. going on there yeah um it's also suggested that um Fitz is going back into the field um that they've yeah. got like a field vision here and uh, there's that moment you referenced earlier on I like the fact that they've got um an arcade cabinet of crossfire A game I used to play on my on summer holidays when I was a kid, twenty p ago. They rediscover Agent Carter's files, and that's the way that they get um, Hayley Atwell into the episode as well. Is the fact that you see her uh, interviewing, uh, you know, air quotes. I'm doing air quotes because I'm that kind of person, Um, Reinhardt, who will become. uh, Will
0: they do the flashback to what do they call it? The bat
1: yes yes mm-hmm. um and she's she's questioning him and he he talks about a uh, you know somewhat cryptically about a gift from blue angels that mm-hmm. fell from the sky so that sort of links towards uh, some things we've seen earlier and uh, yeah yeah so um what what we learn is that the, uh, the, the 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 diviner this device kind of decides who who survives Uh, it's a bit it's almost like it reminds me a bit of the um, the Christian idea of the rapture Mm. you know the idea that there'll be this apocalyptic event and there'll be chosen survivors you know I guess it all kind of goes back to Noah's Ark in a lot of ways Mm. Um, and that there'll be there are certain people who are gifted enough to survive and who can actually use this thing as you mentioned earlier on Hannah um, as, as sort of to carry it into the city, this this sort yeah. of uh, location that they're looking for, and we learned that the the Karl McLaughlin sort of father character essentially wants to die, wants everyone to die so he can be reunited with his family, and that basically he's got nothing to lose.
0: Yeah, he's kind of got a death wish. He's a bit Charles Bronson.
1: Yeah, he what well, he just wants the world to burn basically yeah. because he's yeah. has so he's black.
0: angry and he doesn't care.
1: Yeah, he's like fuck everyone else. And we see Grant marching his brother through the woods to the well and there's been this kind of like almost like Rashomon-esque moment where they're both... And and at this point when you're watching it, you know, as an audience member, you're thinking, Christ, do they even know Hmm. the truth anymore? You know, it's like they're both... One's a spy and one's a politician, so they're both people who have existed in the world. Live for Mm -hmm. a living. So it's kind of like, um, you know... Really, I mean, they could. You always get the feeling that both of them could pass a lie detector or hypnosis or any of these yeah. sort of scientific tests to, um, you know, ascertain which one of them is telling the truth. And um, and, that, and yeah, and uh, even after watching the episode, I'm still not sure. You know, it's it's a tricky yeah. one.
0: I'm I'm kind of with you on that. Like there there are parts that I think are real and parts that I'm like really. Because
1: the point where the older brother admits it, mm. he is in a bargaining for his life situation where you know you could argue that he's like okay, Grant is so demented that the only thing that's going to stop him from killing me is if I quote confess. <laughs> yeah, so but I'll do that. Given
0: the way the episode ends, you are just like okay, did he realise he had no way out? And Confess?
1: Yeah. I mean, or... I mean, it's funny because when we were rewatching this, I was like, I couldn't remember how that this storyline ended. And maybe there's more to it yet, actually. Mm. But um, I remember thinking, oh, I'll, I'll get to see how that plays out. And I think it's one of those things where I don't think we're supposed to ever actually have a satisfying answer to mm. that. It's almost as though it's more of just a device to explore this idea of how, if you want to be a truly believable liar, you have to dally... In self-deceit, mm. you know, and that's what both of these people are doing. It's like they've kind of they've made each other, mm. <laughs> you know, or yeah. the parents have made them. They're they yeah. they're, they're the result of yeah. this fucked up kind of you know family,
0: fucked up union. Yeah, yeah.
1: And um, I want to point out as well that the trip, the character of Trip, he has extremely well manicured facial hair. He does. You know, it's like it's very uh,
0: Craig David.
1: It is. You could you could you could like measure angles with that shit, <laughs> and um. So we um, so they go back to the uh, Reinhardt file, um, and they they tweak that Reinhardt is Whitehall, and that actually he has just uh, kind of defied time mm. um, and being around uh, you know in this. And uh, uh, props to Haley Atwell as well because she's only in like two scenes of this, but she's one of those actors who you can just drop down and immediately she's just good. Yeah, and you know her, and you know, I mean she's played the character before, obviously. Um, but she's just she's got such just a brilliant. Yeah, she's got real confidence and capability that's just really useful. Yeah. In a right, we need to shorthand this stuff. Yeah. Um, you know, in this episode, um, as you say, they're at the SSR base. That, you know, they're at. Um, I really like the sort of forty-four year time lapse thing that they do. Yeah, where I you do too. And it's little things like the, the books
0: um, and the shelf and all well, that stuff. Th- the
1: porcelain toilet becoming mm. a stainless steel toilet yeah, and yeah, all that yeah, kind yeah. of stuff. It's uh, uh, it's just a really nice. It's a really creative way of doing it. It mm. reminded me a little bit of um, like Shawshank Redemption when you see the posters yeah. changing from all of these different sort of um, you know beautiful actresses through the mm. through, you know through yeah. the ages. Um, um I, I, it's it's always nice when I don't know what it is, but I, the, the, the it's always slightly goosebumpy whenever somebody does an unexpected Hell Hydra. You know, like the kind of like, you know, when they, they're they coming to. Because I like the idea that he's been there so long that he's just not seen as a threat anymore. I just it's kind like of feel budget cuts. Like
0: part of me when that guy crouches down and says How Hydra, I felt like he was going to have a old lady Titanic moment and go, it's been 44 years since anybody yeah, has seen Hail Hydra. <laughs>
1: I always I've told you my Titanic story haven't I about what we thought was going to happen when we were watching it at the cinema no you know when you know how on Titanic it's the old it's, it's old lady Kate Winslet telling yeah. the story and there's a bit where um, she's like uh, paint me like your your French, French woman, woman. Yeah. and you know she's topless and she's doing the painting, and the camera zooms in on Kate Winslet's eyes, and it pans out, and it's the old woman's, and I remember watching it report, and he he was like, I really thought it was going to pan out, and the old woman was going to have her tits out, because she's telling the story to Bill Paxton, and Bill Paxton's going to be like, oh, would you stop doing that? (laughs)
0: Because
1: the film grab was really confused in that sequence, because it literally, she's there with her boobs out, Kate Winslet, Zooms into her eyes. Turns to old woman's eyes. Starts to boob To to to, to boob <laughs> boobs. She booms out all over the place. <laughs> starts to zoom out. And you're like, I remember watching it the first time. And like, oh, they're not gonna <laughs> fucking like, kind of like. But they um. Oh, sorry, I could hear child sounds on the baby monitor.
0: It's Chloe snoring. Yeah, do know she gets? She is. Fast asleep. She
1: is. Maybe she'll hear this one day and be like, "Oh, I was sleeping through your horrible talk of saggy old woman boobs."
0: <laughs> rocking <a> sock <laughs> rocking <booze>. the sock. Rocking the sock.
1: So we, uh, so we see that um, the uh, the aged um, Reinhardt, doing the air quotes again, Wanker, is mm-hmm. um, told that um, the woman is still alive. No woman. Um, and we're in we're in Austria in 1989 as well. Great great Yeezy music. Uh, 1989 was as well. Um, do you want to say
0: point out? 99 red balloons and all that shit. Uh, oh no, that, that, that
1: was that was a little earlier than that. Actually, uh, I'm thinking more. Uh, Prince's Batman soundtrack oh, was uh, fuck d- off. dropped in August 89. Um, so we see um, Deacon Lackman again. Do you know who her husband is?
0: Who's Deacon Lackman? The woman. The woman. Yeah. Okay.
1: Him from Agents of Shield. Oh, but yeah, that's her husband. Mm. Uh, they met on Agents of Shield. Mm. So basically, what we see is that um, in the year between um, Reinhardt leaving um, the SSR sort of dungeon, um, he reemerged, younger looking as Whitehall. So what they want to know, what the what our Agents of Shield want to know is what happened in that year. That's mm. the um, Rosetta how Stone, he,
0: or... how did he change? Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. how did he die? That
0: I'm even worse than you yeah. at accent. How did he die? That that's lot. <laughs> <laughs> you get by on confidence alone, there's no skill there, no. <laughs>
1: drinking this alone. Um, so, um Bakshi does the classic tooth-bitey, suicide-y. Oh, yeah. frothing
0: at the mouth. The shit. Yeah. So
1: we've lost a Brit heel, you know. Um, more oh, than the but have we? Well, he's it's, it's Agents of Shield, so who knows. Uh, and I have a terrible memory, so not me.
0: No, I, <laughs> okay. I can't remember. Yeah.
1: He could have been the lead character for three seasons and I'd have forgotten. <laughs> um, so we see that Grant wants the, uh, the quote truth um, from his brother. He wants him to admit that he forced him to, um, you know. Um, Kill the other brother. Yes. Um, and the um, the, the, uh, the the ward the senior is uh, denying it, mm. even though you know he's being threatened
0: until he's uh, virtually dangled. I mean, I, of the I, I
1: feel, and I, this might be contradicted by later episodes, but watching this episode, I feel that the older brother, the politician, um, didn't force him to do it. I feel that he the the what the older brother's saying is true and that Ward is um, deluded and evil but wants to be the hero in his own narrative. So
0: he's torturing him still.
1: And I feel that the older brother only said what he wanted to hear to save his own skin. Mm. That's how I felt the scene was being played. But what it might be is that maybe the actor who played the older one decided from a character motivation perspective to play it like that. Because you'd have to, mm. to be convincing. But I just feel that... Um, and again, this might be contradicted. I genuinely can't remember. But I just get the feeling that... That he was denying it and saying, No, no, you did it, you fucker. Mm. Right until the point where he was like smashed into the tree and was about to be thrown over the edge. Yeah. And I, and I think that the point he was denying it was a point where most people would have just caved. Yeah. If it were, It'd be like, you know, so he just logically he just feels like that's the case but it could be i kind of
0: agree and i can't remember at all what happens after this so i mean this was like we had a newborn baby yeah um so we were severely well i definitely was severely sleep deprived um
1: Oh, it was not awfully depressed.
0: <laughs> I'm not going to lie. Felt no, fucking great. No,
1: yeah,
0: you <laughs> skipped to... off to work every morning. Honestly, listeners, he used to sleep for eight hours and wake up in the morning and go, how was your night? And I used to want to punch him in the yeah. face.
1: You'd be like, Mike, there is shit on the ceiling. That's how my night was. <laughs> yeah. And it's yours, you son of a bitch. Yeah,
0: there were several times I was just like, I can't actually believe you slept through that. Yeah, yeah.
1: I am going to murder <laughs> you in your sleep tonight.
0: Um, But... That aside, we had just moved countries. We were staying with relatives. We were severely out of our comfort I'm, zone. I'm amazed I, we're
1: even watching television.
0: I quite know. Quite well. I am really surprised that we, yeah, that I remember anything about this episode.
1: Yeah. Um, it's a dedication to our geeky shit that we have. Yeah. That we, yeah. That we even. I
0: certainly nothing. don't remember what happens next.
1: Yeah. You know, he wanted him to feel it. He couldn't do it himself, so uh, you know, he he. he yeah, I mean basically what the older brother says is that um he felt that the, the younger brother he was jealous that the younger brother didn't get to uh, or have to endure what they had endured so he wanted to out of, you know, spite mm. wanted him to experience it but he couldn't bring himself to do it so he used uh, Ward to do it. That's the admission that he makes. Yeah. And uh, Ward's like, that's all I wanted to hear, you know and it uh, implies that everything's fine, but as an audience remember, you know, yep. yeah, you, you know that that's, it's... it's. Uh...
0: Well, you know from the end of the episode. Yeah, yeah.
1: no, but even before then, when mm-hmm. they're walking away and he's like, fine, yeah. you know that the, the status is not quo no, at
0: this point, it's is it's very it? much uh, not quo. <laughs>
1: okay, so we see that the, the team are basically going on a field mission to, uh, in an attempt to figure out where the city is uh, they drop out an EMP, an electromagnetic pulse, to mm-hmm. uh, the layperson. Um,
0: you realise you're a layperson, as am I.
1: That's what I would like you to think. Um, <laughs> uh, we see that Tripp gets shot. Karma um, and rocks up and basically uses um, the, the cutting the bully out of him as a bargaining tactic. Yeah. and I, I like the fact and it's why I say that I really like Colin McCluck in this I really like the way he does the humour but I like the fact that it's shorthand stuff like there's a bit where he says Phil and you see Phil respond and immediately yeah. he's like yeah I shouldn't have said Phil yeah. I shouldn't have known that Yeah, uh, it misses out an entire beat that shows would normally have because yeah, it's like well sure. you've seen loads of TV you don't need us to you, fucking tell you know you know how
0: this is going to go yeah, yeah.
1: It's funny watching this, because this was filmed before, but watching this after the third season of Twin Peaks, because you can see a little bit of Mr. C, the Mm. kind of the evil, fake-tanned Cooper kind of in it as well. It's almost like he's sort of trying a bit of that stuff out. And I think it's also interesting as well, particularly, I think, a really crucial moment in this episode, particularly in relation to a lot of stuff that you and I have kind of fixated on in the past, is how angrily the Carl character says to Coulson, you're not her father. Mm. Because that's cutting right to the core of what the show has been about yeah. in a lot of ways Yeah, uh, when it comes down to it.
0: And there's more I want to talk about that in the
1: spoilers. Oh, okay, interesting. Um, so they do kind of like a medical handover, the idea being that it's a bit like the a medical version of the, I've got a bomb strapped to me, and if you shoot me, I'll let go of this button. Mm. And, you know, so he basically says, right, okay, I'll tell you what you need to do to save Tripp's life. Mm. Um, but I'm going to hand you the medication once I've got out of here safely. Yeah. And they, they yeah. do that whole switcheroo. We we go back to the the flashbacks with Whitehall and see that basically he's like gutted the, uh, you know, the, um, the, the woman, uh, yeah, the, yeah, the, the, the supposed seemingly uh, the, immortal what woman. What
0: he the woman. The
1: woman, yeah. Mm. And, um, we see that Ward goes to work for Whitehall, um, he basically, and he uses his brother's confession as seemingly as like a framing device. Um,
0: well, it, I think it's the confirmation he's evil. Yes. In that, um when the brother confesses, you think, "Oh, he's this just this tormented soul that's had this terrible childhood, and he's really a good guy, and he just wants the good, and blah blah blah." And then he does that, and you're like. Yes, no, he's terrible. Was he's part of a terrible, bigger plan. terrible, terrible, yeah, terrible, yeah. Yeah.
1: yeah. yeah. And um, we see um, in classic sort of like movie stylings, Hunter and Bobby argue and then get it on. It's the classic kind of like, I want to push you up against the wall because uh, arguing right. with you sort of... <laughs> argue about it at <laughs> the yeah. same time. Exactly. Um,
0: just
1: like us on Friday night. <laughs> we, see, uh, we see, yeah, when we say we're pausing to watch the episode. <laughs> um, so... We're we, Really the,
0: having sex in the car. The,
1: the, they, they see they see that um, in a base. We,
0: to, we totally end up with two kids going, "Bye, bye. Uh, yeah, yeah. Can I have some Nutrigrain? Yeah,
1: it's like you know in uh, in in movies when they kind of like waft all the stuff off the desk to make love. For us, it would be kind of like, "Oh, let's get our fucking Play-Doh." <laughs> like, <laughs> Um, but the, they get a match for the, um, the sort of the topography of the yeah. of the Sissy. Um, and then we get a flashback Just to, as
0: Coulson's about to, like, confess all about who that guy is yeah, in relation to her. Yeah. Mm.
1: Yeah, he's looking all cagey there, isn't he?
0: And it's interesting because he's just, like, an episode before or two episodes before said he will not keep her in the dark.
1: No, so, I don't think in this instance he is. He literally no, is just, no,
0: I don't think he She's
1: moving along so no, quickly. I, he literally doesn't have time to say anything.
0: I don't think he is either. I'm just saying it's interesting because I can't remember where it goes and I'm really keen to see if at the start of the next episode he says, by the way, that's the guy who...
1: Yeah, blah, blah, blah. It might be one of those things where, one of those frustrating TV logic things where it's like, he didn't have a chance to tell her, so now there'll be some drama about him not having told her. Yeah. you know, the, the, you can go that way. And we finish up with a um, sort of digitally de-aged Karma Cluckland finding his dead wife and uh, swearing vengeance mm. upon those. So you um, pick Hannah
0: his uh, opponent in the eye.
1: Yes, exactly. And I like the fact that he does. He looks Whitehall in the eye, sort of in the. Well, early he says
0: scene. that, and then it flashes back.
1: Yeah. So yeah,
0: yeah, that's the only reason you know. That's the dude he wants to kill.
1: Yes, that's the so there's, there's an element at this point where he's you think, not
0: as senseless with his movement. no, but also what it think. means
1: is that him and Coulson have got the same enemy, yeah. and and what's the old adage? My enemy's enemy is my friend, you mm-hmm. know. So uh, yeah, that's the thing. But um, okay, Hannah, let's sum up before we do the housekeeping, and then oh, maybe do some bloody, quick spoilers. Bloody
0: good, so bloody good. <sighs>
1: It is very bloody good. I agree. Um, Okay, well, what I will do here then in that case is I'll just do a quick little bit of housekeeping for those who are leaving now. Um, If you have not watched all of Marvel's Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., then... um, What the
0: fuck's wrong with you? Yeah, yeah.
1: Then, uh, you know, pause this podcast and go and watch all 200 hours of it right now. Yes, so um, uh, I would just like to say thank you for listening um, and... Uh, We will be back with... uh, You might want to bring up the details for the next episode because we're going to be... at a moment we'll be back with another episode of the podcast shortly um, in the meantime though if you would like to reach out to us we would appreciate that you can do so by emailing us at rewatchprojectpodcast at gmail.com um, hitting the plus message button on our anchor page Just you, as I mentioned earlier on you will need to register to do that or just send us a voicemail message over email um, and you can also find us on twitter at rewatchproject and also don't forget to go over to weare and check out all of the the shows but we will be back in a moment with some spoilers but if you are not joining us uh join us again next week for the next episode of marvel's agents of shield which is
0: ye who enter here it's season two episode nine uh synopsis says while coulson coulson's team tries to find the entrance to the mysterious alien city, the rest of the agents try to rescue Raina when they find out that Hydra is after her.
1: Raina, forgot about her.
0: Yeah, it's uh, directed by Billy Gerhardt, who has directed other episodes, mm. and it's written by your friend of mine, Paul Zebazurski.
1: Hey, the Zebska.
0: The Zebska. Zibska. Uh, cool, okay,
1: well, we'll take a short break and we'll come back and do some. Yeah. I'm clearance level six.
0: I know that Agent Coulson was killed in action before the battle in New York. Got the full report. Welcome to level seven. Sorry, that corner was really dark and I couldn't help myself. I think there's a bulb out.
1: We're back. So, Hannah, do you have any spoilers? I actually don't.
0: Just spoilers in the way that, um, obviously, Daisy's mother is in this. Yes. And... I keep thinking, how did she survive that? She was gutted, mm. like half her spinal cord is taken out. Yeah. How I can't remember at all how she survives. Yeah. She is basically dead.
1: Well, if it's nineteen eighty nine, that would probably have been around the time that Daisy would have been born, isn't it? Yeah, because so this this episode so eighty nine, ninety nine, one hundred and nine. Um, so she'd have been twenty four, twenty five. Mm. So, um, would Daisy? So Daisy would have been born before. I'm not sure where would. She, so I
0: don't know, but I mean the fact that she's in later episodes, she survives. So how she survives, I don't remember. Well, I, I think
1: there's a lot to be said. This is one of the great things about this. Is kind of what. What you're experiencing this is now,
0: why you need to rewatch the well, it's, show. It's funny
1: because what I think what you're experiencing, well, what we're experiencing now, is a little bit like when um, I rewatched Babylon Five with you, mm. because I was looking out for stuff, mm. and I think the thing is, is that because. When we were first watching this, as you say, you know, we just moved, just had a baby, so you know, it was probably just something that we threw on and kind of like not half watched, but just you, you know what I'm getting at. It went and, and it went yeah. out. Yeah, so we wouldn't have been made necessarily making connections, but but watching this now, knowing that she's her mother and that she comes back and that there's another sister, uh, it's kind of like, oh, okay, so how 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 are they going to do this? You know, <laughs> so your, your your perspective is different, yeah, and is more sort of nuanced when you're thinking about these mm. things.
0: Um, so, uh, yeah, I'm in mean, exactly the same boat, mm. I guess. Is, uh, the other thing I thought was interesting is how many times Carl McLaughlin says that's not her name. Yeah. You know, they make a real point about saying she's not Sky. And I
1: bet that all of the... Um, a big geeky thing is who are they? Mm. You know, like when the Star Wars prequels, who are raised parents? There's mm-hmm. always this any time is any kind of mystery. So I think that as soon as they said the first time that that's not her her name, Mm. super Marvel geeks, and I don't mean people like us who like the movies, I'm talking about people who um, can tell you which issue uh, of Spider-Man that Nick Fury was first in and Mm. who was the inker on those episodes. That level of Marvel geek must have been like, oh, okay, she's going to be... Who's she is? She going to be this obscure nineteen seventies female ass-kicking comic book character uh, from yeah. Steve Ditko, or you know? So I think part of that, part of the emphasis on that's not her name, is for those guys. Yeah, you know, it's like super niche stuff that's going over our heads because we're not comic book geeks. Yeah, certainly not to the level that I think a lot of the people who are watching Agents of mm. Shield. And I think again, that's another benefit of this show and I can save this in the spoiler zone now the fact that they do have characters like quake and ghost rider and mm. you know these sort of characters who from a popularity level are like e and f level but if you're a marvel geek you're like wow we're getting to see these characters brought yeah. to life." death sure. you know he's a yeah. character that's been around if for a really like, long time
0: important to the story they're not just the uh, to, you know, to be there they actually matter. They're using
1: them and I think mm. what, what the, the approach, I, the impression I get that they take is that they're not like okay one day we've got to figure out how to get Deathlock on the show or mm. Quake it's just that they get to a point where they're like right this character's going to have this thing happen to them which um, character from this suite of thousands of characters over the last 60 years yeah. is the closest aligned to them. Fuck it let's make them them you know, yeah, and that's fi- sure. that's fine. Mm. <laughs> you know, we yeah. of
0: doing it like that. Yeah. Um, I else? mean, that's no, that's it. That I just wanted to say that.
1: No, it's good, good stuff. Okay, so that's it for this week, guys. We'll be back shortly. Uh, sayonara.